Welcome everyone to Four Feckless Friends. Once again, with the three of us here, Finny, Ben, and Rudy, uh, we really want to welcome uh, to, to our podcast today. We're going to be having, hopefully, an enlightening discussion about what the f*** has been going on. We like to talk about real shit on this podcast, so if you look like real shit, you're in the right place. Ben, what's, uh, what's the good things that have been happening in uh, your life lately? Anything in particular that you would like to share? So, not this past week, but the week before, um, we, my family, went down to Kewa Island in South Carolina for a nice long week beach trip, and it was basically the same weather every day. It's like 88 degrees and sunny, and it gets down to the lows, probably 82, something like that, so it's right in that tropical zone, so it was just to disconnect from everything, basically, and just go sit on a beach for four or five hours a day and just hang out. It was a, it's a fun trip. So it's a... Uh, there any, uh, Pardon? Were there any, uh, like, realizations or, um, in- so, so um, one thing that I did figure out to kind of piggyback on last week with the meditation thing was um, there's a pool. So I would um, take like two pool noodles and put one like under my ankles and the one like uh, under my like, armpits. And so you just kind of lay there, you're suspended. If you kind of dip your you know ears under the pool or into the water, you know, enough so your face is still out of the water, it kind of you know it gets that kind of muffle out all the other ambient sound or whatever. And just uh, and just do the, your regular breathing and just count your breaths or whatever and just kind of clear your mind. It was pretty cool. It actually worked really well. I, uh, it was like um, seven from no, uh, Stranger Things. That's the one guy that I was talking to about isolation tape. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see how they work. Like salt water, yeah. I mean, salt water, so you almost like you like float naturally. Yeah, you're buoyant. Um, and it just closes the tank, and you know, can't drown. So even if you were to like fall super like that, but apparently, not only does it really cool thoughts and you know stuff like that, but they're trying to do like some cool visuals from time to time off of it. Um. I did kind of just a brief search and there, there are a couple uh, in Minneapolis, so that would that's kind of on my to-do list for these like check out. So you know, it's obviously a uh, your private pool with whatever just us there. You know, you you know thought about when you, you're laying like in a public pool. There's so much stuff running around around you, but I could just do in a bathtub if the bathtub was big enough. But it was just, it, 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 I don't know. It worked. It was kind of cool. You definitely clear your mind and just kind of let the thoughts kind of flow. I think any time that you can find a way to remove yourself from thinking in the way that we normally just, just like feel that like following your breath is something that's really valuable. And one of the things that I have found as I've been meditating more and more is that tends to come about around naturally, like. I, I've at this point, because I, I did it like 140 days in a row, and uh, now a lot of times if I'm like walking somewhere 
and I will just follow my breath and feel my feet. Or if I'm standing, and I'll just follow follow my breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been it's been uh, re- really neat to just see that kind of come about, you know. Yeah, Rudy, we had a big discussion on meditation last month. Yeah, what I wanted to ask you, Ben, is um, what was there some type of something that prompted this or like some catalyst or whatever? So I heard this. I heard this interview on a podcast with uh, one of the uh, people who brought. Uh, I always going to say the word incorrectly. I think it's transcendental meditation. That type of trans meditation. Um, from India to uh, the U.S. in like the, I want to say the late 60s-ish, maybe early 70s, to, to, to Berkeley, obviously, probably. And it's kind of, um, I think, I'm trying to remember, Bob something. Um, Bob, Bob Roth. Uh, and so he uh, has been doing this for whatever, 50 years, teaching people how to meditate around the country or whatever and so it's um this is a really cool uh it was a really good interview and so i was like it's kind of um something i just you know try with i guess got the headspace app and there's a some free some free modules i did those and thought it was useful so i signed up for it or whatever and just been, been doing it since then for about probably two-ish months i guess at this point and what would you say Have you done any the oh sorry go ahead I think we get any of that. Rudy? Is anyone? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you now, yes. Okay, yeah. You were going in. You've been going in and out a lot, Rudy. I have too. Fuck, it ain't. Alright, um, well, I guess my question was, you know, going, you know, say 35-ish years of your life without any meditation, how easy was it for you to, like, transition into something like that? And, like, what have been the short-term benefits? Um, I'd say pretty easy. I mean, most of the modules, at least the beginner stuff, you can start off with, you know, three to five minutes, and then from there you go to, you know, five to ten or ten to fifteen, and then kind of just build as you, as any kind of, you know, as time allows or whatever. Um, the, uh, as I talked about, there's a couple of things at work where I was just getting frustrated and obviously having a three-year-old or whatever, there's some frustration there. So I was just getting either easily, too easily frustrated or mad. So I was, you know, I was like, I just needed to, I kind of want to do it, um, just to kind of help calm myself, you know, calm, be calm before there's, you know, realize, um, that I'm starting to feel a certain way and to kind of uh, get in front of it. And it's, um, definitely helped that way. Just being, uh, trying to, uh, just be aware of your feelings, um, be a little more control over your um, emotions and actions. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I could, I mean, that would be the goal, obviously, for myself, too, to get into something like that. But we'll see. I'm okay with the liquor at this point. <laughs> uh, headspace is 60 or 40% off right now, only for a few more days. So instead of $100, you pay 60 And the great thing about paying for it 
is that it encourages you to do it because yeah. you spend money on it. And it's not like you have to like, go to the gym or whatever. You can do it whenever. Um, I, I, I find that not only does it make me more feel more capable to like deal with stuff, but it makes it so that I'm like I, all the ways that I don't like feeling, I feel that way less. However, I'm also more comfortable feeling ways I don't enjoy. So like when the things that cause you me to like want to smoke a cigarette or want to like, you know, get away from this, I'm more comfortable just like being in that, you know, uncomfortable situation. It's just more, more dealable with, you know? Interesting. Uh, Finney, you said you're moving to Minnesota, or what's the deal there? Oh, uh, no. Uh, well, hopefully. So, um, we're, we're, you know, exploring uh, how we're going to get back there. So, uh, Kirsten has applied for a job, and I've asked Lagunitas to help me move back there. So, we're, we're making moves. Um, I got you. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, yeah, and Kristen has, has an interview next week, next Friday. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, actually, that kind of goes along with the thing that I've been um, kind of proud of and happy with this month. Um, you guys know I've been, you know, I have the intention and in making progress towards uh, starting a mushroom farm as a, what will at first probably be a secondary business and then hopefully soon enough be our primary business and uh, one of the things I did to help make that a reality uh, this about a week ago was I, um, I I got our website I got Finney's Fungi I started designing it which I had no idea I could do um, and I got the Instagram running too uh, nice. so the, the website's not published yet or anything but it's on lockdown and it's, it's being built um, so yeah so the one idea I had actually, and I don't know, it's because I was looking. I ended up going to um, that our our little um, indoor marketplace that we have in St. Paul, the Cake and Case Market. They have that um, indoor, yeah, yeah, the indoor. What do you call it? I mean, a shroomery? I don't know what you call it. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's kind of a weird spot, but yeah, I know I've been there. Yeah. Um. So I just happened to walk through there the other day. Just a mushroom farm. You don't call it shroomery. I like shroomery. Uh, that's, um, that's not a mushroom farm. That's a display case. <laughs> display. Okay. Um, mushroom monger. You know, thinking... <laughs> so, so just so everyone knows what we're talking about, this is like a market that has a bunch of different little shops and restaurants in it. One of the shops is called Forest and Fork, and at this place they sell various mushrooms, mushroom-related stuff, and the mushrooms that they grows there, they fruit the blocks in this glass clear, like two story tall like container that has like multicolored lights on it. When I went there with my grandma, I think, she goes, Oh, do you need those uh like multicolored lights to grow mushrooms? <laughs> I'm like, no, that doesn't look cool. <laughs> That's marketing. So sell them you might, but yeah. <laughs> Um, so go ahead. You the one product, yeah, the one product that I was thinking about um, 
because I've seen, you know, obviously there's a lot more interest in mushrooms than, you know, how to get them out there into the marketplace. But um, i am always been a big fan of garlic salt, uh, especially, like, you get the coarse garlic with the coarse sea salt in, like, one of those things where you have to grind it. Maybe, like, a dried mushroom salt deal, possibly. Just throwing it out there if you're interested. It's a free one. Uh, True. Yeah, I want to charge you for that one. Uh, that's just the only thing I haven't seen. You know, uh, I've seen mushroom bars. I've seen mushroom good. teas. But I'll take. All right, fair enough. One of the things I've I've come to um, part of the reason I want to do this is that I believe that most of us, at some point in our lives, wanted to do more. What? more is depends on who you are right that could be you want to be of service to your community more you want to help change our political situation you want to own your own business you want to spend more time with your family you want to live you know whatever right you want to help the poor live mass and like for very practical reasons that are legitimate we found we have this could ourselves that we can't do that thing you know or it's too hard that thing, right? Or we need that because we have a family, right? Maybe you're breaking up. These are real things. How there are plenty of who are doing. Uh, well, uh, um, how is it better now? Yes. Yeah. What? What? What are they? Where did I cut out? Like the past, just like ten seconds. You're the start, basically. Uh, okay. So I, I I realized that most of us have wanted to do more in our lives um, and what more is depends on who you are um, but we find reasons that we can't do more very legitimate practical, practical reasons that we can't be more service to ourselves our community and our families and so my goal in starting this mushroom farm is to do more and to figure out what it is that holds us back from doing our things we should be doing and then i want to help other people do more too so the finney's fungus thing i think thinking about like franchising it essentially um, (laughs) in a way that could allow people to have some economic and food freedom and and in general just helping people to do more with their lives um and and just today i had a really cool thing happened. Sorry, but there's a jump here as we had to cut a few minutes as we accidentally violated someone's confidentiality. Back into it. That's my deal. I mean, look, I mean, so I got rear-ended again uh, three days ago. This chick was probably smoking weed, like, rear-ended me right on uh, Selby Avenue and Universe, or Selby and Snelling, which is um, three blocks away from... Uh, well, not three blocks, but like a mile away from where I live. So I had called my boss, and I'm like, hey, dude, guess what? You're not going to believe this. I got rear-ended again. <laughs> he was like, you're kidding. I'm like, nope, I'm not at fault, but, you know, just uh, send over that email, that drug test form, and I'll go take another <laughs> drug test. <laughs> he's like, you sure to get a lot of accidents. I'm like, I told him, I'm like, you got to understand, I live, like, a quarter mile away from like the most busiest intersection in the entire state of Minnesota. So like my chances 
are greatly higher of probably getting into an accident. Um, but no, that, that you got rear-ended. Like, what the hell are you supposed to do about that, you know? Well, no, I know, but it's still, I mean, it's the formality of I got to call, like, my fleet management company and do all that stuff, and, you know, I, now I got to go. These guys at Haas Auto in uh, St. Paul, they're really good. Check them out. Um, <laughs> they've replaced my bumper three times already. I've only had the car for two years. Oh my God. So, it's, uh, yeah, but, you know, this chick rear-ended me, we pulled off the side, she gets out of the car, she has her lighter still in her hand, and I can smell, like, the weed smoke, <laughs> like, just, like, billowing out of the car. I was like, the, okay. The paranoia at that God, point has got to be crazy. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. So it's like, it's fine, I don't, really don't care. It's like, I will, this really won't let penalize or affect me in any way other than I might get to drive like a cool rental car for like a minute um, <laughs> but then she I'm like you know I need to you know give your ID and you know insurance we'll just exchange it now I won't even call the cops and she's like oh I don't uh, yeah oh this is a new car I just bought it um, my dad's out of town it's supposed to be oh I'm like thinking to myself okay sure whatever so um, two days later so this incident occurred on July 31st Two days later, she sends me her insurance card, which shows an effective date of 8 1. So I'm oh, thinking no. to myself, uh, yeah, here we go. It's going to be interesting. So, but I mean, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't matter. I, I even I called my uh, fleet management uh, person and told her the situation. She's like, yeah, we see a lot of that. No big deal. We'll <laughs> take care of it. Like, okay, if you have all her info, address, driver's license number, license plate, go for it. But the only thing that sucks is that I had to take a drug test. So, you know, it's like going around. There actually, I found there's a place like right by my house, which is awesome. But if you go there, if you just hit it at the right time, you'll like walk in and walk out, or you could be there for two hours. So, kind of pain in the ass, but that's what Reddit is for. And just sit there and scroll through that shit. Go around and find it in your forms in triplicate, like last time. interesting when you think about it too though I mean I've been driving for a while and I haven't really had any serious but I mean honestly I have seen some serious wrecks in the last probably month I mean I was driving in Egan uh, just like two weeks ago and it was all of a sudden you're just kind of cruising nothing no cars around and and then you just see like four uh, police cars three ambulance and two fire trucks and I'm thinking to myself there's what is going on there's no way and I see it it was um you're, you know those uh, Kia Souls yeah it's kind of like the goofy box car box one, yeah. imagine if you if you took a Kia Soul and just like can opener like open the top like a sardine can just like open the top of that thing and it was lying on the side inside I'm oh I could have I just I slowed down of course and you know gawked at it <laughs> Um, the whole time, but I was like, holy shit, that's the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life, and it was, that thing was laying on the side, the whole top, like, rolled back, and it seemed like everyone was fine, there was no one, you know, no body bags or anything like that, but it was kind of 
shake it up. So, Jesus Christ. I also saw another car from 35E. Um, a camper RV was uh, a blaze, basically parked on the side, um, maybe about like 30 minutes south of Duluth area. Up there, there was a, one of those camper RVs, you know, uh, smaller ones. Like one of your drivers? like totally ablaze as I was like cruising by at like 70, 80 miles an hour. Damn. <laughs> you were like, emergency vehicles there or was it just burning? No, I like just burning. There, there was nobody there. <laughs> But like that's oh yeah it was it was crazy because I'm like I'm driving going really fast and I'm starting to see a little bit of black smoke up ahead I'm like, oh, that's interesting I wonder what's going on there Pretty you know nice. you get closer you get closer and you, they think that you're kind of drifting in and out different thoughts and all of a sudden you just see this huge like RV camper just like ablaze <laughs> and I was like oh, holy shit damn but and that's my initial response you know of course and by the time I've already like passed it and cruising. Then, you know, the adrenaline kind of calms down, and then it's like, oh, wait, you know, is everyone okay? Like, should I have stopped? Uh, you know, should I call 911? You know, like, a, you know, all the responsible things that a citizen should have done, like, totally just got thrown out the window. But what are you going to do? So I saw a crazy one on Thursday. I was driving home from work on 50th. Um, so I don't know if you picture where Mount Olive is or whatever. Um, so it's kind of, it's like kind of at the bottom of a hill. So I'm coming, coming down this hill. As I'm going down the hill, kind of the you know the panoramic, it's kind of opening up to see you know more. And all of a sudden, on the corner of my eye, I see this car and it's cruising. It's going like 30, 40 miles an hour. And so my first thought is it's um, so it's a really busy street and there's kind of a gap. So my first thought is it's on like the side street and it's going to kind of cut across, you know, blow the stop sign and cut across while it has a chance. And as I'm getting closer, I'm like, wait, no, that car is in the church parking lot. Like, why is it driving so fast? And all of a sudden, as I'm thinking this. It kind of, there's like a flower bed that kind of goes around it, like a 10-foot flower bed. It goes through the flower bed, over the sidewalk, hits the street, you know, perpendicular to how you're supposed to be driving on the street. goes across the street oh and slams like 40 miles an hour through a fence into the side of a house. <laughs> so awesome. I'm like, what the fuck? So I was the first, I was the, so, so I pulled over and I called 911 and I was talking. I was like, hey, yeah, this car is cruising through this parking lot and drove across the street and hit a house. She's like, this car hit you? And I was like, no, it hit a house. And she's like, it hit a house? And I was like, yes, it hit a house. And so I told her where I was. <laughs> and then, so I was like, and then, but like, so like as soon as I hung up with her, like I could hear sirens. I mean, they were, and they were there in like 15 seconds. So they pull over and Jesus. kind of pull behind them or whatever, kind of block the road a little bit. And so I get out and go over and the one cop's talking to them. The, the passenger was like a woman in her 50s. I never saw the driver, but. She got out and said, we we're, we're okay, and then so the cop was talking with them or whatever. But then we heard another siren, I don't know, but when I got home, so like, I don't know, five, ten minutes later, go by and so I was like, I don't know if there was a, if they did send an ambulance or what, but, um, or if another cop went or whatever, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a Prius, a Toyota Prius, and so I remember, remembered a few years ago, wasn't there like a, a thing where the Toyotas were like, um, accelerating all out of you know or something. There was a guy that was here in town. Yeah. That he, he I think he rear-ended a car or ran a stop sign and hit a car or something. And he said it was like a he was hitting the brake, the car kept accelerating or whatever. And he ended up getting acquitted, I think. But so I was my I was like I don't know if that was that or and then I told my one of my coworkers who was near me and he said he wondered if they were driving in that parking lot. You know, he said wonder if it was like a kid learning how to drive that just panicked or something and just. So kind of the, but the age of the woman I saw, she probably could have had a son or a daughter that was around 
you know, learning to drive age or whatever. And so he's a daughter who's 15, has learned how to drive, and he said it's just terrifying being in the car with her. Cause she's, you know, but it was just a super random thing. It was crazy to see. That is crazy. So, Rudy, was that the really, really good thing that happened? <laughs> happened to getting here in? Did or what? Oh, no. So, um, well, I guess the couple things I wanted to touch on real quick. Um, obviously, I missed the last episode, but that was because we were on vacation for the first time in a while, and we went up north, and it was a good time, and, you know, all that fun, whatever bullshit, but, um, so a couple of things. First thing, I actually did a good deed. This was probably back in June, I want to say at this point, so a while ago. Um, but I'm not really a person who does a lot of good deeds, <laughs> so it That's was kind of. Heard <laughs> it was. Sorry about the traffic right. accident. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. As as we heard earlier. From your story yeah. about the track, the track Definitely track. not. Like, oh shit, I mean, fuck. I went to uh, Menards today. Um, in St. Paul, there's a, a giant Menards. If you uh, graceful listeners out there don't know what a Menards is, it's essentially a Walmart on steroids, but dedicated only to, uh, you know, home improvement stuff. It's um, a regional I went Home Depot. Yeah, a regional Home Depot deal. I went to Menards today and I got out of my the car. And I'm at the back of the parking lot. I just like quick. I was looking at my phone because pretty um, kind of texted me a list, so I'm kind of going over it before I walk into the store. And immediately I see like three people just running as fast as they can, and uh, just oh, looking at it. Oh, okay, that that guy's running, and that guy's running, and there's another Menards employee running after both of them. <laughs> And then after all that happened, then it dawned on me. It's like, oh, someone was shoplifting and they ran away. And the store plus the like undercover security guard was running after this guy. And I probably could have maybe slowed him down in some way, shape, or form, but I chose to do absolutely nothing. Uh, don't get but, involved in that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to like risk my life for a pack of batteries or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, like, there's no yeah. point. But that, that's kind of how I am. It's like, I'll. I'll react after like the big boys have stepped up or the real men have done stuff. Um, but so I did actually perform a good deal, which was probably my first for the entire year. Um, I August notorious for not really. Well, I'm a procrastinator, I guess. You know, by nature, that's all I do. And having kids like just amplifies like procrastination like a hundredfold. So for me, I'm always running out of gas I've never like stalled out and like needed to get gas but I've always like pushed that like boundary as far as it'll go like I know I know you never, that, ever like, run out ever? I've never run out but I push it all the way like in that Kramer episode um, you know where they try to like find the limit like I, I get close to that every couple of weeks um, I know that I have like an 18 gallon tank in the car and so when I'm filling it up and I see that I put in like 17.5 or 17.85, like I know like there's nothing in that tank um, when I'm filling it up. But so I'm constantly, you know, driving around and just like it's just a chore. I hate going to the gas stations and doing all of that anyway. So I try to put it off or or it's I always get that e-signal at the most like inopportune times where I'm 
I gotta meet, go to this meeting, or, you know, kids gotta get dropped off in the morning, I'm not gonna take them to the gas station, because it's gonna be too much of a hassle, they're gonna wanna get out of the car, or they're gonna start fighting, or it's just something, it just, it never works out, so I'm always trying to push it. Finally, of course, I had to, um, pull one of these routes early morning, so it's like 2.30 in the morning, and I'm leaving my place, and I'm driving, um, westbound on 90 highway 94 going into downtown minneapolis and sure enough i look and it's like on e but it's not on e like it just flashed because when it just flashes like i know i, I you know i got another like 35 40 miles but no like this flashing was on like the whole day uh prior so when it came on again in the morning i knew like i had to get gas because it wasn't going to make it all the way to savage minnesota which is a good 35 minutes from where i live so I stopped over in the Cedar Riverside area because it was the closest gas station that I knew would be there. And this is 3 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday, and I'm in Cedar Riverside area. I pull into the gas station, get out, whatever. You know, I'm half asleep at this point, just drinking coffee. I get out, you know, I put my card in, you know, I start to fill up. And I can see already, like, there's a car sitting there, and a guy's approaching me. I'm just like fuck, this is not the best place to have this scenario start to unfold. And this guy walks up to me, he's like, dude, listen, man, I need, like, some gas. Like, I don't have any gas. And, like, at that point, I'm too tired to just give a fuck about anything. So I'm like, dude, just pull your car over, man. I'll, I'll give you some gas. He's like, really? Like, in his eyes, like, and he was a younger kid, too. And he didn't look. He wasn't threatening or anything like that, or else I would have, you know, the situation would have, like, I don't know, I would have did different things, I guess. But I, I knew I could take the guy, basically, if it came to that. <laughs> I knew I could handle it. Um, he's, he's like, I need, I just, I don't, I have any, and the, the one thing that was, you know, he did, he started the conversation with, he had, like, $10 in his hand. He was willing to give me that $10, so... Right off the bat, it's like, okay, this is going to be okay. It's like, I just need gas. It, the pumps, obviously, it's late. There's no one there, so they're all shut down. It's only credit card only. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine, dude. Just move your car over here. Like, we'll take care of it. So he moved his car behind mine. Uh, I knew what I needed. I just pumped, you know, whatever. And then I pulled my car forward a little bit, and I had him put, like, 20 bucks in his thing, even though he only had $10. And then he offered me the 10 and I'm like, dude, don't don't worry about it. Like, it's no big deal. Like, uh, I'll say I don't care. Like, I I hate having cash on me because either I spend it on something, and it always comes out to like, you know, a dollar seven or a dollar eighteen. I just all, have all this like change in my pockets, or I get cash like a twenty dollar bill, and I just buy scratch offs and nothing happens. So I try to just like stick with the card at this point in time because I just I don't like carrying cash on me. It just never ends well. Um, so it was it was kind of a nice deal. I pumped the gas for him. He said, "Hey, listen, man. The next time something good happens to you, you'll know it's because you paid it forward right here and there." And I thought that was kind of cool that he said that. And then of course, you know, he pumped his gas and. Was trying, you know, he wasn't like some stoner kid. He wasn't all fucked up. You know, he was just like someone trying to get home. Who knows, like what the night had brought him? He was just trying to get home, and of course, he pumped the gas, got in his car, started it, and it wouldn't even start. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, dude, I have no idea. Oh, and he's like, no. I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell. He's like, no, 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 I got this. He goes in the back of his car, 
and he pulls out, I think it was like water or something, but he had to put like some water or some, some coolant or something into the car to like get it back to like, so he knew his car, like he knew like there was issues with his car and he knew like he was there at the gas station because he knew he probably couldn't go any further without gas. But he goes in the back of his yeah. car, gets like a cooler or something, pours it in, waits a couple of minutes, turns over, and he and he dips out. But it was just it worked out okay. But that was like the first pretty cool thing that I did for someone. But it was also kind of in line with like my life because it's happening in like one of the most ghetto areas of Minneapolis at three o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. You know, I think that's really cool, Rudy. Really. That you did that, and I think it sounds like helping someone made you feel good. Yes, it did. It definitely put a little chip on my shoulder for the rest of the day <laughs> oh. until I got home and passed out. Which leads me to my next story, which I can continue uh, unless anyone wants to say something. I, I, you know, I would like to a little bit. I, I, I am someone who you to do more stuff like that, like whether someone has a good story or not I just would give them money or whatever a fair amount of the time and like I've become less and less that way the more I'm out in the world doing my job and around that Um, and one of the things though I've thought about because lately I've been trying to be more generous is that in that kind of situation I am so to help out someone who says they're in a rough spot if they're white and I, it really bugs me. Like, I, I think I find their story more believable or something. Or, or I, I don't like it's something that I uh, trying to figure out how, how I can address. That's all. So, was the guy white or not? No, he was a Somali kid for sure. That's why, like, initially, I'm like, better, yeah. it's just like came up and like oh fuck what's going on just you know the fight or flight response starts kind of tingling at the back of my neck or the spidey sense goes off and and then I actually see the person like underneath the lights and it's like okay yeah what do you want dude unless you have a gun like you're not going to hurt me at this point but it, it was fine it worked out and you know sometimes you take those chances and it works out you know well and you know the world is okay for a while and sometimes you take those chances and fucked up shit happens. So, sorry, what was your other... Oh, well, I mean, you know, I guess I can continue on, but, you know, for me, my biggest struggle over the last, I don't know, probably three months has just been my lack of sleep or my lack of getting any sleep or... It's basically like yeah just a zombie um from work because we've had to as managers step up and start pulling all these routes and when you pull these routes you basically start your day you know you wake up at you know 2 45 in the morning go into the sales center load your truck and go out there and make deliveries all day and then you know come up come excuse me back to the sales center unload your truck do your paperwork, your end of day stuff, go home and, you know, do what you're going to do with your life. But my biggest problem is my personal life isn't really set up to do this type of work. And that's exactly why I didn't, you know, 
apply to be a route delivery driver. I applied to be a manager. So I have probably netted on average over the last three months anywhere from four and a half to five and a half hours of sleep per night. And that does not do well for a stable Rudy Gill in Minnesota. I would imagine yeah. not. Say that again? I would imagine not. No, it's, it's, it's horrible. And, you know, every, everything suffers. You know, I suffer physically and mentally. Uh, my family suffers because I be, I'm not, like, the best version of myself that I can be because I'm just, like, so tired. My hormones are all jacked up. I'm, you know, making poor food choices and life decisions because I'm just, like, not, you know, stably or stable enough to, you know, think about things clearly but it, it really sucks and you know essentially working five to six days a week because you still when you do this type of work you're doing this job of delivering but you're also kind of still technically responsible for your own actual job you know so you're kind of on call or you know putting out fires on top of that which sucks but it it's really sucked for like the first six weeks then I got into a pretty good groove but then you know it my grandfather died. Um, oh, in sorry to hear that. Like the yeah, it was like the like last week of June or something like that. So I mean, it, it sucked. You know, it's definitely a shitty deal, but uh, it actually worked dad, out. That, on my dad's side, yeah. Your on your mom's dad's side. Dad's side. So um, more like the bigger family, and um, I was able to go out there, and it actually worked out because it was more of like a family reunion. Yeah of sorts you know like so that was pretty cool you know see a lot of faces and seen for a little bit you kind of reconnect and just drink like the whole time i was out there which is pretty good um of course they're drinking like all the hard stuff I'm like oh yeah you gotta drink this tequila i'm like no <laughs> please no i will never drink tequila i can't do that it's uh i think the last time i drank tequila i was in michigan and that was like led to oh, certain yes. things taking place in one one certain uh, new brand new brewery in Chicago or Southside. You but, christened uh, it. You christened the new brewery. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other story. That's a whole, you, probably a whole different you podcast. Know, I have the proud distinction of having a friend who was the first person to puke at the brewery and a dog who was the first dog to poop on the roof of the brewery. <laughs> you know? I'm proud of y'all. We do what we can. Yeah, just do what we do can. our part. <laughs> yeah, just trying to contribute. Um, but yeah, for me, my biggest struggle this in the last couple of months has just been dying and just begging for sleep. Because you know the thing is, I can't you know come home, try to nap, maybe if I can, then I got to get up, you know, clean up a little bit around the house, go get the kids because the kids have had to go to daycare earlier because now Bridget's got to take them you know so that she can drive across town and get to work at a semi-decent time uh bring them home they're cranky because they've been waking up earlier than they're normal or than they're normally used to and you know they don't go down early so I, i'll put them down at our bridge and i'll put them down anywhere between like 8 30 and 9 30 and then i gotta wake up at 2 30 again and do it all over again and it's not it's not a wake up early and just go sit at a desk or just like hang out it's like go out there and like physically kill yourself you're driving like you're driving driving like the bread truck the straight truck yeah i mean essentially it's like imagine like a a 
full-size uh, UPS truck. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are what we drive. I mean, it's, it's like, a, I can't, I don't know the footage on it, but it's a solid box truck. I mean, it's pretty cool. Is it well, tough to drive? Oh. I mean, what's the driving line? Yeah. It, you just have to, you, you drive slow. The, the, I mean, to be honest with you, the turning radius on these things are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. um, they're very bumpy, for sure. I mean, yeah. the suspension is core shit. Um, but the turning radius is amazing. So if you if you just drive a little bit slower and just kind of watch, you know, and make your turn slowly, it's really not that hard. It actually makes you a better driver when I you drive imagine. this thing because you're just forced to take your time and like pay attention, let everyone go. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. Go, you know, go ahead, go for it. You know, just I'll, I'm here. I'm not moving. I'm not in a hurry. You know, you just. When you start doing those kind of things, that's when you, you know the accident happens. And unfortunately, you are driving billboards, so anyone who sees you doing anything kind of shady, yep. you know, they're going to call a hotline or something. But so that it's pretty easy. I've had I've been fortunate that I'm doing like an easier route in Egan. But it's early in the morning too, so there's not a ton of traffic. Oh yeah, I mean you're driving. There's there's there it's just like easy but it's weird like i didn't think there was so much traffic but like that highway 13 uh in savage like heading north like at noon yeah it's busy for whatever reason they're building i mean i don't get out into the quote-unquote suburbs that much but like egan Emerald grove heights like they're building all kinds of new houses and shit out there yeah those it's lakeville apple valley they're building you, you know those areas are definitely expanding, and uh, down like Shakopee is like going crazy. Down there. Yeah, you, you finance some multifamily stuff down there. It's just everything's going gangbusters. I mean, there's we ran out of room. You know, uh, I mean, uh, that's you know, if you could change zoning, zoning laws and do less single family, you can make a difference. But with the multifamily stuff mm-hmm. definitely going gangbusters down there. That's where I mean, I get it. I mean, that's so, why. Like, go ahead. It, it, well, is there a? Um, First of all, would getting more sleep, like if you could go to bed early, like for, for if, if that was possible, would that solve your problem? It, like, you know, it kind of remedied itself in that sense where I just, my body got accustomed to it. So after doing it for about a month, I naturally wanted to go to sleep earlier. So that, that was at least helping. So, you know, like I could put Francis down between 9 and 9.30 and I would just boom, go to sleep. Going to sleep and falling to sleep has never been an issue for me. I could, you know, if it's whatever time of the day, if I'm making up my mind that I'm going to bed, I go and lie down, I'm going to go to bed. Like, the sleeplessness or... It's not that you can't get enough sleep because you're not being able to fall asleep. It's that there's not enough hours in the day for you to get that sleep because of responsibility, correct? Correct, All right, so then... To find a solution to this, then, it's not going to be something that you can resolve without adjusting your employment to some degree. Now, that could mean that you need to put your foot down and figure out, is there a plan to resolve this driver situation? Like, are we going to be able to figure this out in one month, two months, three months? Because right now I'm not doing what I signed up to do. And if it's not going to change then you need to do more to fix your employment because we're all willing to live in mediocrity because life is, like, pretty good or whatever for potentially our whole fucking lives. I mean, my, you know, to some extent, Rudy, I would say you and my parents are, like, both people who, like, they've got all white lives, but they just kind of live in mediocrity and, you know, 
drink and hang out don't really do much to fulfill themselves. And if your job is taking away from your ability to be the best dad and the best Rudy you can be, you need a plan. Sure. Well, I mean, just by, you know, sheer force of whatever, it's, you know, coming to an end probably by for the September 1st. So that'll be good. But, you know, I mean, realistically, it's just, it's a different market. I mean, we've had some injuries that have, you know, been kind of shitty. I mean, a lot of workman's comp stuff come up because it's, it's an archaic workforce. Um, it's an archaic work structure. Archaic? Like old? Is that a oh, old yeah. or what? Yeah, quote unquote. <laughs> you know, um, aging workforce. You know, back in the day, in the you know late seventies, early eighties, nineties. I mean, you could, you know, be a bread guy and make a decent living. I mean, you still make. A, I mean, some of these guys make really good money, um, but most of the people that are in this industry are now kind of like they're over that hill, and they're more looking at retirement than anything else. And you can make, you know, fourteen, fifteen an hour starting at Aldi. Why is, does any young kid want to, you know, work every Saturday or start their day at two thirty in the morning, um, or come into a union structure where they'll essentially work for a full year and not even get like a week's vacation? So, but you know, we're doing some stuff to remedy that. We're trying some different models out. So, you know, there are things in the work. But it's the summertime when, when you have all the guys taking vacation and essentially the workman's comp and the most random injuries that you can come up with that have happened here in Minnesota have taken place. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but I mean, all the managers have had to step up and just pull the route. So, you know, I take comfort in the fact that it's not like I'm being singled out and having to do it. Like, all of us are doing it. So there's just kind of like some type of group. I don't know, you suffer as a group and, you know, you continue on because it's for the greater good. But, you know, realistically, when you think about it, for these type of jobs or what I'm doing, like, I'm at the top of the pay scale. So right now to leave, you know, which I could do, um, I'm not going to make what I'm making here at BBU. Well... If you're, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, if you, I mean, if you make less money, but you get to sleep more and be around your family more, I mean, why do you earn that money? Sure. Make your family I, happy. No, I gotta pay if daycare. You are in a bad mood and tired all the time. Your family is not going to. Well, I mean, you know, over the course of the, you know, last couple of months, obviously, I've been able to, you know, when you're driving around at 3.30 in the morning, you know, you have plenty of time to think. Um, so I have kind of come up with some ideas or, you know, ways to just try to be more in the moment and not be, you know, so disgruntled or, you know, annoyed all the time. So it, it's, it for me, it just takes time. It's always, you know, a dollar a day or, or what is, what's the saying? God damn it. No, I don't know the saying, but for me, it, it's just something needs obviously the situation happens my reaction time is i guess a lot slower to it but i normally get to like the place that i want to be so i would say lately i've been better with it you know just trying to be more in the moment accept my situations and just not take my internal sufferings out um 
on my kids, I guess. So it's, you know, just something I've had to do or struggle with a little bit this year, but we're over the hump. You know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I will be able to sleep again soon. <laughs> it's the carrot. Mm-hmm. Good. Another thing too is that, like, then you don't have any room to grow. Yeah. Uh, just. Oh yeah, it's all just I'm on autopilot. There's no like the growing or there's self-discovery no more to go or I'll go up. Like, what do you mean? To, to get promoted. Like, if you're... Have the no, there, there, no, there is. I mean, like, there how, definitely is. I, how, the only reason I really stick it out, honestly, is it, they're, it's a really good... Co- um, they're a really good company. Upper management is awesome. My peers are amazing. You know, all the top-level people are really engaged. It, it is a really interesting and pretty, like, family-oriented company. And given a lot of the transitions that are taking place throughout the country, I'm actually kind of more excited to see what what my job or what other jobs look like in the next, like, three years or so, three to five. So that's kind of really why I'm sticking around. I really – and the funny thing is I really don't dislike it. It's not – I mean, I get up and go to work, and I'm like – I'm excited. I'm not, you know, pissed or grumbling or, like, God, what am I doing? You know, I actually always, I get up, I'm like, yeah, all right, let's go, let's do it. You know, I have a lot of fun out there, whether I'm, you know, on the truck or doing my regular job. I, I really actually am pretty happy with the company. So that's what makes it even harder, too, is when you're suffering like this, but you don't have that other side of it where you're just like, God, I get my job, or, like, I'm going nowhere, or it's a dead-end gig. It's actually the, quite the opposite. Um, so it, it is, I don't know, I, I guess it makes it more tolerable when you have to get down and get dirty. That's the thing. If you love, if you love your job or really like your job and, and, and find the day to day good, but shit you have to go through for now, I think that's a whole different story. Um, Ben, do you have anything that has been difficult for you in the last month? Something that's been challenging? So this is <clears throat> something that not necessarily happened in the last month, but maybe realized that um, packing for the trip or whatever, um, and just kind of a, I guess a realization of kind of the unrelenting passage of time and getting older and the things that happen when you get older. Um, so packing for the trip, the things that I had to take, because I knew I had to have them just to, just to uh, go through the day or whatever. So I've, uh, Breathe the Right Strips was the first one. It's the one I've been on the longest. I've been doing those for... I don't know, you know at this point, some number of years, um, just for snoring so people that are in the same room sleeping as me can sleep. Um, and then uh, a few-ish months ago, so Tums obviously have, have to have Tums around <clears throat> just for when heartburn pops up, but then a few months ago I started taking Zantac most days just a preventative uh, especially if i know i'm gonna go out to dinner or anything like that that know. shit is real bad for you dude is it well i read that like yeah Zantac, yeah yeah it works and then um i think it actually like it eats away at your bone density if i'm not i think a lot of milk 
Um, and then the one I started taking a little bit ago, um, I don't know if it, I do actually feel better with it, but I don't know if it's placebo effect or actual medical or medical change or whatever, but it's like a, um, I can't think of the name of it. Um, oh yeah, there's another one there too, but it's uh, like a holistic, um, like liver function booster. Um, it's some, I don't know, ancient Chinese medicine thing or whatever. And then also taking a multivitamin with biotin, which is for hair loss, which I feel is happening. So it's just uh, all these things that um, just at whatever, 35, the body's starting to, can't bounce back from the stuff that I used to be able to bounce back from or whatever. Did you say you're taking the, uh, the uh, well, rhino horn? What? Is it the rhino horn? <laughs> no, it's, I can't, it's three, like, grasses, or like, plants. Rudy, are you taking rhino horn? I don't know rhino horn. That's like, no, I don't do, I don't do anything. What is I rhino? Just do what is it? pizza and all oh, the rhino horn. It's like they're killing rhinoceros and grinding up oh. the fucking horns and then like either doing like a tea or something. No, it's supposed to like I buy know, get shit. your dick hard or something. <laughs> I just buy the shit on Amazon. It's not oh, you can dick it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, old well, maybe Asian billionaires need to get it going. <laughs> well, that's so man, crazy. And if you want to feel younger, I can tell you how. Take losing your Trip your balls <laughs> off. <laughs> well, that helps too. But I was just gonna say, don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> like I, 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 um, I feel younger. I look younger. Um, I've, I've. Ne- never been this like strong or fit in my life even though I'm not hardly exercising even that much um, not to like say it's the only way to be or anything but if you're feeling old take a little while of drinking and you will feel younger yeah. people are calling me Benjamin fucking Butt <laughs> Benjamin Butt oh my gosh that's hilarious no I mean I'd like to get into that supplement game for sure like I think you were talking about the uh, lion's mane Finny if I wasn't yeah, mistaken I you I mean, wanna, that seems. Yeah, I definitely. You want to feel sharp, and, and if you're afraid of Alzheimer's, um, yeah, I. Um, uh, it's one supplement though. You're gonna that seems to be the the all around one with like the most toxicity uh, is turmeric. Turmeric is is something that you can read read so much good stuff. It really seems to help with a really wider like the seasoning. Like, make you like in particular, like lime. Yeah, like this. <laughs> Can you see like a bunch of curry or something? Make you good to go. You know, like anything. Uh, yeah. I mean, you you can. It seems to be more effective when it's with black pepper. Um, so like, like you can get it enough in your diet if you like are, are Indian. For most people, they just take a pill. Um, yeah, the, the, the passage of time is tough. Also, meditating will, will help help you. Yeah, I definitely do. Old yeah. because you'll just just. Ben, have you done any of the courses? Um, I did the basics one, basics two, 
and then like joy or something like that or happiness happiness that's a good one it was happiness um I can't I've, I've dabbled in a couple I haven't completed I've kind of bounced around I do a lot I'm doing a lot of the uh, the sleep ones to fall asleep the sleep ones help I fall asleep like instantaneously oh, I, I, I really enjoy it I yeah I'm, I'm not and they can help you if you use them a bunch and then you don't for a couple nights you'll just kind of fall asleep easier that yeah, way too like train yourself so my problem is always just since dawn and memorial I'm always been a night owl so trying to um, <clears throat> let's say go to bed when I know I should probably go to bed but it's before I'm you know tired ever so I'm doing it and does I, I definitely have noticed a difference in you know, fall asleep at a time when otherwise I necessarily wouldn't and or um, faster than I would expect, I guess. I haven't worked hard enough. Probably true. Yeah. Keyboard, war- keyboard warrior. Yeah, you haven't worked hard enough. Because I can tell you for sure, like, my dream scenario is just to sit and lie down. Deliver bread without his hand with his tongue. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I would love, like, I'm not, that's actually what I, like, crave. Like, I, it's actually, I mean, in a sense, maybe it's forced me to be a little bit more cognizant of things, but, you know, there are times where, you know, normally it's like, oh, okay, I got nothing to do, like, oh, let's, like, watch a show or whatever, you know, let's binge something and go crazy. But now it's like, no, oh, fuck that. Let me just, like, lie down here and enjoy the moment. So I'll just, like, lie down and just, like, stare out the window you know, for a moment, or, or like, no, I mean, obviously, intentionally, you know, with the intention of going to sleep, or, you know, trying to relax, and whether, like, my relaxing leads to sleep, that's fine, if it doesn't, that's okay, too, like, I'm just gonna sit here, because I've, like, physically expended myself as much as I can, you know, for that day, and now I have, like, a brief that window. That is very mindful, already. That is- you know, I have a brief window to do whatever I want, and I'm just going to sit here and lie down. And if I sleep, I sleep. If not, that's okay, too. And I'm just, whatever happens, happens. Because in 45 minutes, I have to get up and walk the fucking dog for about another hour before I pick up the kids and, you know, do the whole thing over, like start my second job. So it's just <laughs> it is. But, I mean, I'm, it, it's, it's a benefit that is harder, I guess you could say. I've gotten pretty good at the uh, 20, 30 minute power nap on the couch on the weekends. Not a good power nap? Not to be not sl- good. sluggish when you get up or whatever. Well, I was, I was actually reminiscing with myself, Vinny, because if you remember, um, you and I took that sleep course, um, like, I don't know, what, like a decade or two ago, and uh, we made plans to... We did? Ditch. Yeah, we took a sleep course together, remember? We were both uh, at uh, MCTC for like a oh. brief spell, and we were going to... Oh, it, uh-huh. it really makes me sad that you don't remember this, but it was your idea that uh-huh. we were going to set time to actually study and then skip the study session, because I think it was an online class, if I'm not mistaken. But oh, yeah. We, the sleep course, basically, the thing is like you have a sleep bank, I've been thinking about sleep a lot, obviously. <laughs> um, so your sleep bank, your reserves or whatever get depleted when you have to, like, step up and, you know, go without sleep. But then when you 
get back on whatever regular schedule, you know, you can add into that sleep bank. You know, because, you know, for Ben, eight hours of sleep a night is probably, like, perfect. For me, you know, six and a half to seven is more than enough. If I get, like, eight hours of sleep, I wake mm-hmm. up and I feel groggy and, like, yeah. my day sucks, you know. But if I get six and a half to seven, I wake up and I'm, boom, let's go. You know, let's do it. Start the day off. Um, so it's different for everybody, obviously. But depending on where you fall on that spectrum, you give and take give and take out of that bank every single day. So if you're completely depleted and you're constantly withdrawing and withdrawing, I mean, you're going to be fucked. And, I mean, we all know, too, with the sleep stuff, I, I mean, it's the amount of sleep you get depends on, like, you know, the hormone regulation. You know, it's that whole, uh, oh, what's that thing, like, uh, on the computers where they uh, clean the discs yeah, and, know. you know, do all the stuff like internally as you're sleeping, you know, for your brain. I mean, it, it's pretty true to that. Unplug it, plug it back so, in. Yeah, <laughs> the hard restart versus. You know, <laughs> <like this. laughs> so I don't know. I've, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the sleep and just what I need and what I can get. So I, I know basically for me, you know, six hours is optimal. It's not the best, but six hours I can still function accordingly and, and just be a semi-decent human being slash engaged parent you know um that's an important thing to to realize and work on um you know it's it's it, if, if whatever we're doing is um working us so hard or or like we're not taking care of ourselves to the point where um it's affecting other people wake up to it um, so for me, the thing that has been uh, is that I have, well, it, it's again, the thing that I've woken up to that I um, have been doing for a really, really long time, for like my entire adult life. And I've been realizing that all the jobs I've ever had have involved a couple common components. And one of them is that I go from place to place. I, uh, I, uh, go and I, 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 like, you know, what it was at Scott's, we go from Menards to Home Depot to Lowe's or whatever. And when I ran my lawnmower business, it was from lawn to lawn. And here in the beer business, sometimes it's from bar to bar, and other times it's from state to state. And although I really enjoy smoking weed and listening to NPR while I'm in my car, how many fucking hours have I spent doing that? Like, the, the number of hours that I spent going from place to place, and Rudy, I'm sure you can relate to this, and the number of nights that I spend away from home is in the months of the year, you know? Oh, for sure. That I'm not there, and, like, what could I have gotten done if I wasn't in so much? Oh, it's so much better. It's also having like clock in and clock out of some place, though. I mean, we think about. Uh, you're assuming the alternative. Don't clock into a place you don't want to be. I don't clock in or clock yeah, out. But I just show up whenever, leave whenever, get my shit done. But you still have to go to one fixed point, though. Yeah. One fixed point and be there the whole time. But you're you're assuming that the alternative to working in a route job or like a mobile sales job is working in an office, and there's actually many other things that you can do. You're kidding me. I don't mind the keyboard at all. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> I would hate it. No, I, I mean, I get, I, yeah, so, um, I saw, briefly, I saw, um, I was watching this really cool, uh, documentary on, uh, the Tour de France, but it was actually through the eyes of, um, the food and nutrition that they give the drivers, or the, the riders for the Tour de France, and so they show this one woman, um, her culinary, um, no, well, there's obviously they're talking about that, but um, her culinary escapades through um, through France, and she's like kind of trying to source local ingredients and stuff for dinners for the writers after each stage, and she stopped somewhere in who knows where in France normal scale of things down there and this guy was so fucking dialed in with mother nature slash the world or whatever underlying current there may be it was it was mind-blowing i mean you could just look in his eyes you could see like how he was talking i mean all he does is work on this little farm every day so i i You're still talking to me. We can't hear you. What? <laughs> oh, you can't hear me at all. You're back. It was a little. Oh, all I heard was Tour de France food dialed in. Yeah. Fuck! You can't hear me at all. Right? Now you're good. No. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and you're lost again. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Okay, real quick. So, there was a show on Amazon Prime about these uh, this woman who basically cooked for this team of uh, writers for the Tour de France, and it was her culinary escapades through um, the south of France as, you know, the writers are going through various stages, but she basically um, would stop at, like, the local farm or wherever and buy, that, you know, like locally raised ingredients and then prepare them for the drivers for each stage of the tour. And she stopped at this winery. It was a very small winery um, in France and kind of just walked through, talked to this guy. And this guy was so dialed in to just, I don't know, mother nature or some underlying current of existence, it was just amazing to like hear this guy talk about, you know, just his musings on life and the wine and and the grapes and the vines and stuff like that. So I, I get that there's there's other jobs and other things that we could be doing with our time. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I'll have to check that out. I uh, I've been enjoying looking into things that I used to think were ridiculous. <laughs> Quite a bit. Uh, yeah. All right, I've got two mushroom bags done and a hell of a lot more to go. <laughs> so what are you actually doing? Can you describe it to our listeners, the few that may be out there? So what I'm doing is I am growing oyster mushrooms on pasteurized straw. So I have a... 55, 60 gallon plastic barrel that I filled up with straw 
first I took that straw in a bale and I cut it into pieces with a chainsaw to make it smaller. And then I filled up this barrel and then I boiled pot after pot of water and I, 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 I poured that onto the straw so it could pasteurize at about 180 degrees for an hour. Then I got all that straw out, I laid it on a plastic tarp, and then I have um, a, a like a set of like window screens that are laid up on some sawhorses. And so I let it cool off, I let it drain on the sawhorses, I then throw a bunch of spawn on it and shove it into plastic bag columns, which are um, about 18 inches around and between like two and three feet long. Then I poke a bunch of holes in it with arrowheads that are all positioned on a board. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because that's what I like to do for fun. <laughs> yeah, I guess you do live in Michigan. Plan on doing it in Minnesota, too, but... <laughs> oh, shit. Um, okay, so let's think about what else is going on, slash what do we want to talk about. I mean, how do you guys feel about what the direction that everything's going currently? Um, well, I feel like we have concentration camps um, at our border. I think that if you look at the definition of concentration camps, most people would agree with me. Um, and I had to, to realize it. Um, and I feel that that's not okay, and I need to be talking about it more, and then I need to be doing more. Um, and I also feel that uh, the hatred and the pain and the violence that we have is um, is something that we, we can only cure love. <laughs> that sounds hippie or whatever and crazy, but legislation is great. We need legislation too, but... But it is not um, uh, what will we'll fix this idea uh, or this, this problem. People are afraid. They are um, hateful, and they they don't know how to connect with each other. And so, like, I really feel that it like we need to show people how to express their love better to people. Because like all these people who are committing these crimes have been abused by somebody, you know? Sure. People don't go shoot groups of people unless they have their own damage or trauma in their lives. I, I think the common link is probably going to end up being not violent video games, but abuse, that they were abused. Mm -hmm. um, so we just need to, like, love and stop fucking hitting each other, huh? Like, <laughs> so does that mean stronger gun control? That, too. I, I'm for that. But even if all the guns were made illegal to buy tomorrow, there's still more guns in this country than there are people. So it doesn't matter what you think about gun control. It, it's a step, you know, because a lot of these people have just gone and bought the guns the day before, the week before. But it's not um, – it, 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 it's people who are who are in pain, who are suffering. These, you know, as much as the, 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 the people who are perpetrating these crimes are obviously bad – they are also obviously in pain themselves. Yeah. So I was listening to a podcast this morning, so I'm just kind of talk. She was a uh, oh god, she's a journalist and author and whatever, and, um, and she's one of the uh, the she studies um, the online aspect of all of this and how um, people kind of self radicalize through these various forums on 8chan or whatever those kind of places, whatever. And so her, her kind of, uh, her thesis at least, um, was that across, the, you know, 
you know, far left violence to far right violence or whatever you are on the political spectrum, kind of the biggest thoroughfare for most of these people is just misogyny. And they're the younger white men um, who, for whatever reason, have been raised yeah, with you guys. through the internet. Um, and um, to have some sort of uh, value system that's been developed that women owe them something uh, based on their uh, where they are in the whatever the social hierarchy. And then when that's not fulfilled, then they. Um, get frustrated and um, they can their thinking process kind of converts to how they feel um, they assume are facts um, so they're they are feeling a certain way and they um, the for they kind of have uh, there's some misconnect uh, between understanding that that's a feeling and or believing that or knowing that it is a fact and uh, it was kind of interesting I never uh, obviously, the kind of came, people started seeing this really with the Gamergate stuff was out. I think it was like 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. You guys remember that whole cluster yeah. that came up? Um, that was kind of the first, one of the first, I guess, kind of major cascades where women were just getting doxxed and harassed for just incredibly innocuous stuff. She gave a game a bad rating or something. You know, it wasn't even this one woman who was living in like, you know, witness protection at this point because she, she's been harass so much and just um, that's awesome so from starting from that incident they've kind of started to through the monitoring of the various you know discord and 8chan and all the other what's like the gab sure. um, and all these uh, websites and kind of seeing the kind of the general if there was one common um, element between these type of these you know uh, domestic or you know lone wolf type or um, attacks is is misogyny. <laughs> at least, at, at well, least, I, at, I, at least as a as a as a, as a beginning point, point. You said uh, at one point you said uh, the disconnect between understanding feeling a fact. I missed what you said right before that. Understanding what is a feeling and a fact. Um, so you have a feeling that. Um, I think that uh, women should have sex with me. Attractive young women should have sex with me. And then you don't, you think that women, you know, that's a, women should, you know, not I think they should, it's they should. Um, and it's just, it's just uh, misinterpreting your thoughts or opinions as uh, universal truths. Sure. Well, and it's interesting too when you think about it like, you know, you may, as a troubled teen or, you know, a 20-year-old virgin, now going online, find yourself in a group of people who, like, have, like, similar ideas, and all of a sudden, like, you know, it's easy to connect and then start spewing, I don't know, like, this version of hate or, you know, you can come together and have, you know, continue to, like, propagate your message or whatever. It's a lot easier to do that nowadays, obviously, uh, than before, um, which is just crazy. But, you know, it's also, too, it's, it's just different where, you know, it's a different time and age where, you know, now a lot of these teenagers and kids who are in their early 20s, and I think we kind of missed it. You know, we were, like, right at that hairline 
where we missed it, where, you know, when we were that age, we were still, it was about going out. What's going on? Like, you know, taking a piece of the world and goofing around, you know, we had cell phones, but they were, I mean, all you could do was, you know, make a call or play, you know, like play snake or something. (laughs) You weren't, you weren't dialed in, you know, you weren't connected to, you know, everything that's going on with the world now. Like, it's just, it's a different time. I mean, it's funny, they call, what's it, is it? Is it latchkey kids? Is that the definition? I can't remember. But like, you know, back in like, we're like the 60s and 70s. It's like, okay, mom, I'll see you guys later. I'm leaving. Okay, Timmy, like, good luck. You know, be back by dinner time. You know, have fun. And you would just disappear and do whatever the hell you wanted to. But now you're, you know, essentially you're just in a basement or somewhere on a computer, you know, glued to a TV screen and do whatever you want. So I don't know. It, it's, it's weird. Like the, you're talking, uh, what is it? Like the incels? Yeah. Or like super misogynistic? Or, I don't know. It's, uh, so I think that what you're talking about, Ben, the, the misogyny and what you're talking about, Rudy, the disconnect are very related. So there are less people having sex and in relationships than in any other point in our history. Um, and the numbers are pretty drastic, actually. Um, there's less people living with each other, whether that's like roommates who live with each other or families that live together or couples that live together. These, in, these ways that we relate to each other are breaking down. And one of the things that is so um, nice for people about communicating electronically is that it's less emotionally risky. You don't have the same fear of rejection or fear of anger or lashback when you say it over the internet, right? Yes, so, sure. you know, what's really hard asking people on dates. It is very hard. I, I haven't had to do it very often. I'm really lucky. But it's very fucking difficult. And so if people are um, able to avoid the difficult experiences that it takes to build those skills by texting their friends instead of calling them or talking to their friends over video games instead of going out and, you know, whatever, playing, like, kick the can like we used to. Like, yeah, they, they are disconnecting from each other. They're not able to form the relationships they feel they deserve. Um, and, and, and that disconnect is what's... what's causing people so much pain i think and and and, and it's fucking scary. I, well i don't know i mean because you have you have to have a happy medium because obviously you need to connect it because like you know the youth now you know they need to see what's out there they need to understand what the possibilities are they need to know what's out there so that they can you know essentially affect and change it and you know be successful in that type of environment because it's not going anywhere but you also have to have, I mean, I don't know, maybe as parents you need to be even more, I mean, I, I think about it now, it's like, you know, with the kids, you know, they're not plugged in, they're not dialed in, but, you know, even I brought up to Bridget the other day and I was saying, you know, so when, when do the cell phones pop up? Obviously, I know it's not going to happen anytime soon because they're so young. Wait, but your kids don't have a cell phone yet? I would, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, should we get them? I mean, does does Harris have one? I mean, if Harris has one, then I can. I mean, you know, we'll make it work. But um, so I know I was just like, it was kind of like dropping <laughs> dropping the line on a conversation that we'll ultimately have to have at some Absolutely. point in time because who knows at 
it doesn't matter if it's first, second, third, or fourth, or fifth, sixth grade, Francis is going to be in a classroom where some girl or boy has a cell phone, and then it's going to be, why don't I have a cell phone? It's going to happen. You know, we're not going to be the ones with the cell phones, like, right off the get-go, but it's going to, there's going to come a time where she's going to want a cell phone because someone else in the class has one, and when do we, you know, I don't know. I mean, how do you navigate that? Because even now, I mean, think about France 3. In five years, that landscape is going to be different too. I mean, you know, Facebook could be not that big of a deal as it continues to kind of slowly go down. You know, maybe Snapchat will disappear. There'll be something else. I don't know, but... It doesn't matter which, it doesn't matter which app it is, right? So have I told you guys about the study of... um, yeah. Have I told you guys about the study of students uh, taking a test with their cell phones? I think you have. So I heard it on the last podcast. I, have a, I listened to the last podcast. Yes. No, and exact. I mean, honestly, Finny, in all honesty, and that's something that I've come to realize. I think part of, and this may be kind of stupid, but also too, like, in order to, and this is maybe just, I, and this is the only way I found it, but, um, to start having like you know you start to have like certain real thoughts in your life about how to change or make your life better or maybe you just come to a point where you realize like okay things just aren't working and and that's just as good but you either hit a rock bottom or you just get so physically broken down where you stop giving a fuck which allows you to somehow and this is just speaking personally where you just stop giving such zero fucks about anything to where you almost actually have like pretty good thoughts but I was thinking about it oh damn it I lost my train of thought cell phones and tests cell phones and tests yeah so with the cell phones like for me um I was noticing it I mean I would pull up my cell phone and stare at it like five times in like two minutes and there's nothing there absolutely nothing yeah i'm looking at the same stupid screen or like scrolling through and like looking through like the same apps and getting no gratification out of it whatsoever and still i'm i'm doing it over and over again throughout the course of the day even when i should be spending like quality time with my kids and they're there right in front of me like just wanting some type of interaction and I'm still picking this stupid phone out and doing it so that was I don't know how it came about it wasn't like some epiphany or anything like that but it just like hit me that it's just why do I, and I still struggle with it of course but I realized that these phones are doing more harm than good so the, um, the new Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury um, he's a little bit older than us, so but then he's um, you know most players are in their you know early twenties or whatever. Um, so what he started doing is having cell phone breaks in meetings. So for every like thirty minutes of a meeting, he would give like a ten minute cell phone break, and it was you know instead of having sitting there for whatever hour two hours you know every half hour you know boom you know phones out you know till you know do whatever you want and phones away and, and so kind of he got it got. You know, the old school paper media kind of had a backlash being like, oh, you know, millennials these days, you can't even sit there meeting ever. And he's like, so they kind of got a criticism for it. 
And then, so his response was, you know, I'm not going to change the culture that we're in right now. So best, what I'm doing is trying to adapt to it. And I think have these guys engaged for 30 minutes and then, you know, 30 minutes at a time, well, it's better than they are not engaged for two hours. And that was, you know, so it's taking sure. what you're talking about and incorporating it into their job. You know, part of their job is to have meeting time and, you know, film breakdown and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's just, you know, instead of having coffee breaks, we're having cell phone breaks now or cigarette breaks or, you know, you know, whatever. Yes. This is the new, this is the new, uh, turn your brain off for 15 minutes and get away from stuff. Whether that's, oh, and, whether that's good or bad yeah. is, 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 that's just, that's just the reality it is right now. Well, that's ultimately, like for me, that's what it is. It's just like, I am dead tired. I checked out already and I just want to like disconnect for however long I can. So I'm going to like fuck around on my phone. So I, like, I get that for sure. So the other thing, you know, um, if you are, um, having a struggle. What's up, Finny? Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I thought you were talking. Um, I said I'm having a struggle with, like, knowing what the difference is between stuff that I think is okay because I've always done it and other people around me do it and stuff that isn't okay. Like, if we all do, is it all right? Whether we're talking about, like, cell phone use or um, how much... To drive, or, or, or like, is it okay to set alcohol? Even I've been wondering lately. Like, I well, I'm always good with it, but I'm still differently. Maybe. And uh, I think people should be able to love to drink. It's just that it's not portrayed in an honest way. So, like, when you talk about like, oh, well, we have to adapt to the script. But on the other hand, just because everyone else does it doesn't mean it's okay. No, that's that's correct. So, this but I mean, you can't not have a cell phone, though. Like, I mean, at this point, in this day and age, you, you just can't cannot have one. Like, I couldn't do my job without a cell phone. I couldn't like, I couldn't personally exist without a cell phone. You know, I don't have a landline. I'm not going back to landlines at this point. You know, the way I can easily like trade photos of. You know the kids with you know my sister and my mom and my dad and you know extended family like you know effortlessly Skype calls and you know that kind of stuff buying and selling or not selling I guess but buying stuff at a drop of a hat on Amazon like within thirty seconds of realizing I needed it I'm, I'm not gonna you know go away from that and the problem that I'm thinking about is when my daughter starts to want and desire a cell phone how is that you know like the whole you know cyber bullying and all that shit I just oh god I can't I want them to stay small forever there's so many of those little things that you are aware of that just from watching anything really and it's like we tried to it's you know it's obviously something we didn't have to go through because it didn't it didn't it wasn't, it wasn't a thing right yeah so I guess every generation has this, I suppose. But um, trying to uh, prepare your child for a world that you didn't grow up in, right? I mean, sure. 
So your life experiences, or even your frame of reference is from middle school, high school, college age, whatever, is, is, is a world that doesn't even exist anymore. Well, yeah, but also, too, I mean, think about, though, I mean, if you grew up in the 50s, or, you know, if you're raising kids in the 50s, um, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, there wasn't technologically a whole lot of crazy stuff that, like, happened. You know, I mean, there were still, obviously, advances, but, I mean, you, me, and Finney, you know, we grew up playing, like, you know, God, what was it? Um, like Nintendo, like the first Nintendo that ever showed up. Now you have virtual reality theme parks where you can strap on one of those like suits and you know go guns a blazing into like the wild wild west. It's so crazy, so, and and that's that's where we are now. So in another ten years, you know the technology is only going to advance even further. If, well, there's oh, so if you went from. You, we, we talked about this a little bit last time, I think, too. Well, if you could took, if you took, Sorry, some, go ahead. If you took somebody from say thirteen hundred mm. and dropped them into seven hundred, their life isn't that much different, right? You know, that's you know that's seven hundred years or whatever, whatever you know. And they're, they're, tech, they're this obviously you know gunpowder's in somewhere, but basically you're still the life's basically the same. You know, you're working on a farm and you're using swords and whatever and bows and arrows. You took somebody from, you know, even, let's say, you know, World War One, let's say 1919, you know, the end of World War One, you know, 100 years ago to today, and nothing looks at all the same. So just how the... Um, and really, that's only... So this... Um, this was talked about uh, in the context of uh, Game of Thrones world, where you know, nothing, you know, they're at you know, they're at basically the Iron Age, Iron Iron Age, sure. and then so and they tell stories about people that things that took place a thousand years ago, and they were still in the same. There have been like no technological technological advances in a thousand years. It's like, well, that was mostly true when we were still at the Iron Age, but. Um, so the the uh, gap of innovation is getting smaller and smaller, and what we do sure. in every one year, ten years, is getting more and more. And it's just uh, there's no way to it's uh, exponential technology growth, and there's really no way to uh, even uh, think what the next breakthrough is, or even where the technology sure. we currently exists, how it's going to be used differently. Well, I mean to go back. To segue, uh, well, not segue, but to go back to what we were talking about before, like with car accidents and fatal car burnings, um, you know, I was, I can't remember, I don't know if it was Sam Harris's podcast or if it was another one of uh, the Joe Rogan deals, but uh, the gentleman on there was talking about um, we may get to a point where it'll be illegal to drive your own vehicle because computers will you know obviously get so advanced to where insurance insurance companies will only insure um computer operated vehicles versus you know man-driven um operated vehicles so think about like your um your muscle car culture now you know the hot rods and that kind of stuff you know they're out there doing it like that culture in the future may look like um 
just anyone who is willing to drive their own vehicle, you know, under, you know, illegally, so to speak. So, um, I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago in Orlando, right? Directly related. I uh, was out doing my work, right? <laughs> there were, like, events and stuff that was set up by the local rep. The local rep um, I still hate smoky bars even when I smoke cigarettes. But in Florida, they still allow smoking in quite a few bars. Not everywhere, but uh, enough that, like, was so sick of it, I went home at night exposed to this environmental toxin that used to be, if you went to a bar or restaurant, you just expected it. It was normal. It was okay. Now, if you were to go to a were to see someone smoking, you'd be like, oh my god, are we in a cage? I've been looking at whether it be sugar that is my food, that is called a food and is actually an addictive toxin, the Facebook around me, television being blasted at your face, especially Chive TV, it's environmental toxins. They're environmental toxins, which I have to be around to some extent, but I'm trying to minimize their impact. And one day, we might wake up to that. We might not, but I, I truly think that they are, um, although they may be necessities, and they may seem normal, they're environmental toxins. No, at this saying? point, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Wally. e Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's where we're headed. Or Idiocracy, where I think we're headed. I just watched it um, for the first time. I, I, I have chosen um, to change my tune in from feeling like we are fucked and I'm just going to do my best to not be really bad to realizing that if I believe we're fucked and you believe we're fucked, we're fucked. fucked and you believe we're fucked, then I'm not going to believe that anymore. I'm going to believe that we have a chance, and I'm going to do my best to to, 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 to help with it and to stop uh, harming the planet as much as I do. The uh, avoid a self-fulfilling prophecy? Yeah. You know, the, 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 the where it stemmed for me was when Lagunitas got bought by Heineken. I told everyone, hey, if we believe we're fucked here, well, we're absolutely fucked. That's That's... That's the way it is, you know. That's there's there's no way to to if we are the component parts and we think it's going to suck here. Well, then it's going to suck. Yeah. Um, yep. However, if we believe that we might be okay, well, then there's a good chance we'll be okay. And I woke up about two years later to the fact that if that's true for Lagunitas as a company, it's too true for the planet as well. Yeah. yeah. Be the change you want to be, or whatever the saying is. Uh, yeah, saying like that. I, I take it you guys think that we're still fucked regardless of what I believe? <laughs> no, well, it's not... I don't think we're on a set course. Um, there's certainly going to be... Uh, it's going to shake out... One way or the other, I feel. Oh, that's that's middle man. Um, 
I don't like the course we're on. Um, not even just within this country, but uh, globally, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of screwed up too. Um, and I think a lot of it is a reflection of the 08 stuff is still percolating. That's still fresh in everybody's mind out, you know. And I don't think a lot of people have never recovered from it, and so they need to blame somebody because it possibly couldn't have been their fault or whatever. But... Pardon? Yeah, I'm going to I can't really hear you. Gotcha now a little bit. No, he's gone. We just gave him up. Cut him out. Just well, got him. This you know means done. What are your thoughts, Rudy, on what Andrew's saying then? Oh, I totally missed what he was saying. Sorry. I don't know what he was talking about. Um Oh Do you think we're fucked? No, I don't think we're fucked. I mean, we got like another 400 years, I think they're saying. So, I mean, like my kids. You can't even see that one. Kids, kids. Yeah, I mean, it's got like a little ways to go. But, I mean, I can tell you that I've been a little bit more conscious of trying to recycle as much as possible and just like making sure that what I'm throwing away is supposed to be thrown away. I mean, it's hard for me at this point, especially having kids to like, be conservative when it comes to the environment. I mean, that's like all I can do is like, I, all I do is just throw garbage away because of these kids. Have you done, you is, your, I mean? is your daughter into the LOL dolls at all? LOL No. Oh, thank no, God. I, it's just literally trash. Really? These, oh, fuck, dude. Go ahead. It's, um, it's this toy, it's like a surprise toy. So you buy it, you don't really know what's mm-hmm. in it. So there's like a outer you know, the frontline packaging, just the plastic shrink wrap or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you open so you open that up. And then it's like a ball. And then so you open they take like another layer off the ball, which is just more trash. And within that there's some little packets that have things in them. So it's like there's a doll, like a like a little figure uh, in the yes. middle. And then yes. you keep opening mm-hmm. them up and there's more like accessory you get shoes and clothes and stuff. And it's like you know with this like, you know, two and a half inch figurine that has like an outfit and there's like there's a pile of just garbage associated with it. Yes, uh, so we got, got those for uh, so popular. <laughs> uh, I think she got it for uh, like uh, Easter, if I'm not mistaken. Like one of those things, and I was doing exactly that, opening. I'm like, wait, the fuck am I doing? All I'm, like all of this stuff is just to be thrown in the garbage for like a tiny accessory. It was like so. A, it was even for me. It was sickening. It was like it's like five minutes of time. There's YouTube videos of people opening them, and they get like millions of views. Oh, for sure. Dude, there's fucking videos on YouTube about people, like, accessorizing backpacks for back to school. And, like, these people are just showing you how to pack a backpack. And they're getting four to five million views. It's insane from, like, nine and anywhere from a nine to, like, 12 year old. Like, preteens, basically, like, yeah. watching these things, like, going yeah. crazy. It's yeah. insane. It's so weird. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, Harris watches some stuff. He watches just, like, you know the cartoons or whatever a little bit so he what he likes to, he watches these videos um it's somebody playing with the toys reenacting like an episode of tv that's awesome that is fucking awesome kudos to that guy who's put those videos online so that's what, that guy's you know, a genius 
so it's kind of funny when he's it, you know I don't know funny more maybe funny tragic not funny haha or whatever but um, when he's playing with his toys sometimes he'll be like okay boys and girls you know like he's like reenacting like the videos or like you know let me know in the comments or whatever it's kind of <laughs> So instead of reenacting the game or the show himself, he watches the reenactment of the show and then reenacts <laughs> that result. Yeah, we're, we're cool. pretty far down the rabbit hole, yeah. That is fucking awesome. My uh-huh. hat's off to you. Yeah. That is <laughs> fucking cool as shit. I can't wait. Do you remember when we used to do So, Rudy. Journeys? We, we would. We, um, we would reenact uh, Top Gun sometimes, and I hadn't seen Top Gun because I was in a lot of like CPG thirteen movies or whatever. And uh, and and so they, they made me be Goose, and I was like, "Oh, Goose, that sounds like cool." And I thought that was a cartoon. And then they're like, "Oh, yeah, you're dead. Like, you're dead." I don't want to be dead. Like, no, you gotta go sit in the corner. Goose dies, man. I'm like, oh shit. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert for a thirty year old movie. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah. Although I would say, um, actually, today for myself, I kind of got a glimpse at the future. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was interesting. So we got up early. I didn't have to work uh, this Saturday, thankfully. So I was kind of awesome. It was the first Saturday off in quite a while. Um, we decided to go swimming with the kids because we have a couple of swimming options. Either there's um, the Como pool uh, not too far from us, or uh, we go to this indoor. It's not. They call themselves a water park, but they're not. But it's indoors and it's more than enough for uh, a three or a two year old to just go crazy and have a ball uh, pretty close to our house so we went to the indoor place and they swam and played and went down some water slides and then we came back Allie who's two and a half roughly right now of course went right to bed for like a hearty nap and then Bridget being Bridget, she's like, oh, you know, maybe I'm going to go shopping or go, you know, whatever, go out to lunch. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, go do whatever you want to do. And she's like, well, I guess I'll bring Francis. I'm like, yeah, bring Francis. I'll sit here and, you know, goof around while Allie's taking a nap. And then when he's done, you know, we'll figure it out. So Francis and Bridget went and, of course, shopped all over town. And Allie had slept for two hours and then woke up. And he wanted some food. And I'm like, oh, well, let's get, you know, wow. Because we went grocery shopping, of course, but we had some food here. Myself, I was, like, thinking it's Saturday. Let's go out and whatever. Or that's what I would love to do. And, you know, Bridget and I don't get to do that enough as it is now. So I'm like, Elliot, let's, oh, hey, you want to go get pizza? He's like, yeah, let's go get pizza. I'm like, let's do it, buddy. So I got him and we put him in the car. And then we went to, like, my favorite pizza place, and, and we sat there and ordered pizza, and I had a beer, and he chilled, and we read books, and, like, just hang out and had, like, a really good time, just him and I, and it was kind of like a, a glimpse into the future where I could foresee 
Bridget and Francis just shopping hard, like <laughs> all over town every weekend, just going for it. And me and Allie are just like chilling. Like, <laughs> oh, let's go get food, you know? Like, oh yeah, let's go do this, or you know, maybe let's go to the zoo or the, you know, um, the science museum, or you know, like just not trying to just wear ourselves out like on the, at that pace. But it worked out. It was pre- it was just awesome because it was the first time with me and Allie at least like having that like bro time mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like just chill out. and he was good you know for two and a half we went to the restaurant we sat we read a book we ate there was no phones it was just him and i talking and goofing around obviously you know you have to work a little bit harder as a parent in those situations but it wasn't me working harder to the point where it, like ruined the whole experience it was like a pretty good deal and we had fun so it was kind of uh it was good it was a good time but i could see like maybe this is where me and elliot our path will start as he starts to become more cognizant in the world and me wanting to like chill and relax more and more yeah cool good story I can throw in a kid's story here, too. You know, kind of a constant one we've had is this bedtime thing with Harrison. Holy, oh, let's my wife do it, and whenever I do it, it's just kind of a fight to the thing or whatever. So we kind of started this a few weeks ago, I want to say. So we started, you know, Wednesday, Friday, Dad's doing it, because that's it. So just get used to it. Um, and so kind of, we had a little bit of a fight, but then, so this is, I think, three weeks into doing this, and it's, you know... It's calm. It's like, okay, this is what we're doing. So it's just, um, and I did it Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week. And there was a little bit of a blow up on Monday because I thought his pajamas he wanted to wear were dirty, but they were actually in the drawer. So he was, we had like a minute breakdown, but then I found him. So that was quelled or whatever. So it's just, um, she had three nights in a row, Monday, Wednesday, Friday of easy bedtimes. And it was, it was, uh, um, so that, you know, knock on wood, of course, but nice. one of our major stresses has certainly appeared to have, uh, Turn the corner. Oh, you don't have a fucking clue. You don't have any stress. You don't even know what stress is. You got one kid. You have no idea. My my daughter, Francis, today. So, Bridget's like, oh, you gotta go. We gotta clean the bathroom. Cause, you know, we're trying to get, I mean, our, our house isn't dirty, but we try to keep it clean. It's typically clean. It's just a lot of stuff thrown everywhere. You're picking but, up. But, so. Up. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, picking up is our hardest thing. Like, it's typically clean. Like, we, it's not, you know, we're not going to be condemned or anything like that, but it's just, like, scattered with shit like that. So, Bridget's go up there, hey, I need you to clean the bathroom. You know, clean the bathroom, please. Do that for me. I'll work the downstairs as you're upstairs. I'm like, okay, that's fine, you know, because we already pre-worked everything. I'm like, Bridget, hey, I got my podcast. It starts at about nine. That's what I'm doing. She's on board but i have a couple things you know obviously that i have to do before i can get to that point so it's like okay yeah it's fine we'll work on it um and then all of a sudden these both these kids because we happen to buy bananas from the grocery store earlier today all of a sudden they want bananas they they have to eat bananas or it's going to be world war three so i gate i went downstairs gave both bananas and then I run upstairs and I'm still trying to clean because I'm trying to, you know, obviously make make sure every my chores are done before the podcast starts. And then all I hear, I'm upstairs, I'm cleaning the bathroom, 
and I hear Francis, I want another banana. Francis, you, I just got you a banana. I need you to get me another banana. Francis, you already had a banana. And, you know, Bridget's kind of the authority. So, you know, I say, hey, Francis, well, ask your mom. If she says you can have another banana, then, you know, we're good to go. And so, you know, she disappears for a couple of minutes. And then all of a sudden it's like, mom says I can have another banana. Give me another <laughs> banana. And I'm like, Francis, I I'm cleaning and well obviously you know Bridget was she was doing laundry and stuff at the time but the funny thing is she's, and this is where this is what I have to contend with on top of having is like the toddler stage like the terrible twos terrible threes it is it is real for all you people who like think yep. it's a joke no it is yep. fucking real yeah I mean absolutely so Francis after already having a banana and already having like everything a fucking three-year-old could possibly want on a goddamn Saturday, you know. I mean, swimming, fucking organic cage-free eggs, organic milk, going and shopping and doing like all. I mean, way better than I fucking had it at a goddamn three years old. So she gets a banana, and then she comes back. I'm cleaning, and she says. Give me another banana. I say, Francis, hold on. I'm almost done. I'm trying to clean. You know, I've, you already had a banana. Just give me a few more minutes. I'm almost done. I'm upstairs. She's downstairs. I want another banana. Francis, you're going to get one. Just give me a moment to finish up. Get me another banana now or I don't love you anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're insane. You're absolutely insane. So... I come back downstairs, I say, Francis, you need to apologize right now, or else you're not going to get a banana, and then, of course, she, like, starts to throw a fit, because she, obviously, you know, already knows, like, you know, she's struck, like, right at the core of everything with those few words, but that's, that's what kids do. You may have a plan, you may think you got it all figured out, but kids will find that flaw in your plan and they will exploit it to the bitter end. It's insane. So that's the old Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until you what? punch everybody has a plan until you punch in the face. That's right. <laughs> so we went on vacation um about a month ago we went up north to kind of North Shore, Minnesota area, which is beautiful. And um it, you know, obviously having two kids it's a little harder to relax, that kind of thing. And, of course, we had to bring our fucking dog with us because Bridget wanted to bring the dog. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll find, you know, dog-friendly places. That's okay. And, you know, Nico's cool. Um, we were gone for about a week. And there was, and it was, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. Stayed at a couple of Airbnb cabin things, uh, one in Hinkley, Minnesota, and then another one in Brimson, Minnesota, which is about I don't know, like an hour north of Duluth, kind of in between uh, two harbors and Silver Bay. Yeah, 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 in between uh, two harbors and Silver Bay, a little more um, kind of like eastward. Um, but we, I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, you just you drive on this paved road, and all of a sudden you're this awesome cabin and. There's nobody around you, so it was it was cool. Yeah. But the best part was throughout this whole shindig, you know, the kids are having a ball, which is that's the main thing, obviously, at this point. 
um, you know, I'm having fun, you know, drinking, partying, you know, we're just having a good time. We brought um, Tam, my sister-in-law, with us, and she was awesome. Um, when we finally got to the second cabin, you know, halfway through our trip, it was like this one brief moment where I was actually relaxed. <laughs> you know, like I, it, was, it was like, it was like one o'clock in the afternoon and I was actually just, it, it was a big cabin, you know, tons of chairs, you know, beds, everything, it's just, everything just out there. And I was just lying on like a bed, which would be like in a sunroom, but it was just like a, a sunroom converted into a bedroom, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just lying there. And I'm like, oh my God, like I am actually like for the first time, like legitimately relaxed. And obviously, you know, you're, if you're drinking a fucking party, you're like, oh, this is amazing and having a good time, but, and you're relaxing, but you're not like relaxed, relaxed, you know? So th- this was the one moment of the entire trip where I was like, ah, oh, God, this is what it's all fucking about. Like, this fucking moment right here. And then in that moment, what do I hear? My son, all of a sudden, Starts going like, <clears throat> starts fucking choking. And I get up and I fucking slam him on his back, and he spits out. He had a whole fucking a whole bunch of peanuts in his mouth because he had like he'd been like walking around with a little baggie of peanuts and shit. Because you know, just like you know, he come up with different snacks and stuff, mm-hmm. whatever. But like, it was hilarious, and I even left. Because you just can't like how like the irony of life sometimes is just so <laughs> stupid. But I was sitting there like, I'm, you know, the first moment of like real relaxation on this like vacation, like a seven day vacation trip, and like my first moment of like relaxation, my son starts choking, and I'm like, thankfully, I mean, of course, I'm like right there, so I get up smack him and fucking he cops it out but it's just like hilarious and like I can't even enjoy that one brief moment at this point in time in my life yeah <clears throat> we're at two hours of Finny if you want to do an outro or I can record one too while you wrap it up alright yeah, he's gone. I'll record something. All right. Take it easy, dude. All right, I'll talk to you, buddy. See you later. I'll see you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. Sorry about some of the audio issues we had. We're working on our upgrading our systems. Uh, check us out at Twitter, at FecklessFriends, and contact us at 4, the letter 4, FecklessFriends, at gmail.com. Thanks. See you in the next one.